0: Welcome to the Inspired to be Authentic podcast. I am your host, Matt Lansdale. Inspired to be Authentic is a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. Today is episode 11 and we have Donna Edwards with us. Welcome, Donna.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so nice to have you here. So today we're going to be talking about aligning to the truth of who you are. So this is, a you know, I always say uh, authenticity is the expression of alignment. So today we're going to break down, you know, what what it takes to become aligned. How can we become aligned so we can be our most authentic self? So today we're talking with Donna, and she is a kundalini yoga teacher and angel intuitive and an event and retreat specialist. So Donna is the founder and owner of Lula May Group a heart-centered company that offers uniquely authentic retreats, workshops, and events. The intention of each retreat, workshop, and event is to deliver a masterful and authentic experience. Donna is a former business owner as well as a fundraising and event professional with a focus in charities. In conjunction with her fundraising career, Donna has developed positive, loving, and soulful retreats in the mountains. Donna is compassionate and dedicated to helping people with a passion to make a difference in the lives of others. She offers a powerful combination of life experience and professional training. Donna is also an angel intuitive, delivering angel card readings to others in combination with Kundalini Tantric numerology. These tools are utilized to connect to the divine and communicate messages from the angelic realm, spirit guides, ancestors, and other loving celestial beings. Donna, who is also known as Tej Dayankur, is a certified kundalini yoga teacher and weaves kundalini yoga and meditation into all of her retreats, workshops, and events. So, so amazing to have you on here. I... So Donna is is my kundalini yoga teacher. She has been teaching me kundalini yoga for about the last year. And uh, it's been extremely transformative in my own life. So we're going to be picking Donna's brain today and finding out um, all the tools in her toolbox on how we can become aligned to the truth of who we are. So again, welcome. So good to have you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Why don't we um, start by maybe just talking a bit about... Why don't we talk about your your journey to alignment? Like we all have kind of our origin story of like who we are and how we've kind of shaped ourselves into who we've become. Like, where does where does your story begin?
1: Well, that's that's
0: (laughs) a loaded question. Yeah,
1: (laughs) just just to you know, I'm not that young, you know, so I've lived a few years. Yeah, and um, you know, I I guess um, for me, my alignment to my truth um, has has been in stages of awakening for me and um, periods over my life where, uh, you know, things have happened um, to lead me where I am, to evolve to where I am today. And um, it's probably the last 10 years that I've really had this uh, awareness and this um, uh, incredible time in my life where I'm connecting all the dots mm. and I'm learning and growing and you know, uh, geez, I mean, I I um, I was a I'm the only girl out of seven boys in a family. I was the baby. Wow! <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: That's a story um, in itself.
1: <laughs> the impact, I story. You.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, you know, I was really loved as a as a child and uh, you know, I knew all my brothers loved me and um and I lived in this alcoholic home and when I was in my younger years it really didn't even phase me because um, you know, my my parents were like, wow, I have this this we have this girl out of all these boys and, and I did have a sister, a few boys up for me and she passed away at crib death. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so when I arrived, it was, it was, you know, this magical thing. And um, so, um, but when I was about um, seven, uh, we lived in this small town and um, my mom and dad divorced and it, completely destroyed our family. And we moved to this big city. Um, and um, my brothers, uh, they didn't like my stepfather because at this time uh, I had a new stepfather in my life who was an alcoholic and, and very physically abusive to my mom. And so um, these, were, these years um, of growing up were incredibly traumatic for me. And, um, my brothers, you know, didn't want to be around the chaos. And so eventually they moved on and and moved out. And so I was very isolated and very, I felt very alone. And, um, my, I mean, my, my mother, uh, she was a warrior, but she couldn't be there for me, you know, and, um, actually Lula Mae group, Lula Mae is my mother's name. And so I named my company when I was deciding what name to name my company. Um, it was just, I had to, I had to name it Lula Mae after my mom um, because she was courageous and strong and, and, and really a beautiful warrior. So, um, That's beautiful. and so right from the get go, I had, I was overwhelmed with the loss of love and of course with Addiction comes a whole whack of shame. And i that's where I started my shame journey. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my safe world uh, transformed and was replaced with this darkness. And um, so we lived in this city for a while. And then when I went into high school, we moved to a farm, which was more isolating than ever. And... Um, I would felt in prison. That's what I felt like. And I had no control over anything. My, my world was not in my control. I was told what to do, when to do it, it you know? Um, and, and it was, it was very challenging. Everything was planned for me. And I had, um, I didn't have any, um, opportunity to, um, you know, work on who I was and, and even have fun and joy, and it, it was difficult. It was a difficult period in my life. And um, when I uh, was in my teens, I lost one of my brothers, who was like the most incredible human um, who committed suicide. and um, it was really traumatic um, for not only me but for my whole family. and at that period of time. You know, there was no assistance. We were isolated on this farm. And how do you deal with that? You know, this was my brother who was, he was the happy one of the family. He, no matter who he came in touch with, with he, he filled them up and um, saw their, their, your beauty and ignited this magic with them where you felt so amazing to be around him. And so, um, so it was, it was difficult and, and didn't know how to process. And, and, you know, so eventually I started to rebel. I started, you know, smoking weed. I smarted, I started drinking, you know, and trying to fit in, you know, somewhere. I I felt I didn't belong anywhere, but I tried to fit in and I did that to, to try and fit in and escape from this reality that I was living, um, and I was so lost and empty. And so um and then in high school I met my current husband. Uh, uh, we've been married for like it'll be 38 years this year. Wow, like crazy.
0: <laughs> That's
1: amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um uh, yeah, uh I mean I he's this this he's this incredible soul. And um he was exactly who I was meant to be, what I needed in my life. And, and in our early years of courting and, and, um, and many years after I tried to push him away, you know, um, but he was relentless (laughs) Mm. and, and, you know, his love broke every barrier that I put up and every wall that I put up. And um, so um, it's been a lot of um, years of, of trust and lowering my defenses and opening up to being vulnerable. And, um, so that his love could really reach the broken pieces of my spirit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's kind of been, was my journey. You know, I had a, a daughter when I was 18 years old, very young to have a child. And, um, and then you know, things happened in my life. Um, uh, my daughter, uh, when she was uh, 15, started to get into drugs and alcohol. And um, you know, I went in and out of it. And uh, but when she was 15, she started to get into drugs and alcohol. And it was like everything that I, I didn't want my daughter or child to become, they became. And. Um, it, it, was, it was a very difficult period, so we went into a, uh, a treatment center with her. It was a long-term treatment center, and she was able to uh, get the help that she needed. And, and in doing so, I was able to get the help I needed. Our whole family was able to get the help that we needed. And um, that's kind of where I began my healing journey, is uh, looking at myself, uh, everything around, uh, addiction. And, um, you know, after that, I, I started, you know, working, uh, in the treatment center that, um, we were in, I started working as, um, and I had a successful career and I felt I was living my purpose. I was, I believed in the program. My, my daughter was sober and, and our lives were, had changed dramatically. And so, um, but, you know, where I worked, it was a toxic environment. And I worked there for over 16 years. And, um, you know, I, I was able to be creative. I was the, the director of development. I created uh, live events and, um, you know, met with stakeholders and all those, all those things and raised money for the organization. And, and um, I was able to experience a creative side to me and um and that was it it was great it was great but it was emotionally uh spiritually and mentally it was draining it i many times many times and and i look back and i think wow many times i um chose to show up for my career instead of my family mm-hmm. and that certainly wasn't healthy for anybody and so um and this led to a whole bunch of stress. And then by the time, you know, um, I was in my 16th year of working there, um, things started to fall apart for me. My health started to deteriorate. Um, I just, I, the organization, the people started changing. Um, and it wasn't aligned with me anymore. And, and I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, um, for, for the longest time, um, I allowed the outside world um, to control my life, you know, how I looked, how I felt. I wanted acceptance for others, for um, and um, and I had no control over my life or my circumstances. And I felt like as much as I was successful in what I was doing, I felt like this big loser. And... I felt like I couldn't change things, you know, that things couldn't be any different. And, and then, you know, I was pretty much forced to make a change. And I remember, um, and I'll, uh, this woman is, is the most incredible woman and made a difference in my life. Um, uh, because, um, my boss, he brought me in and, and, you know, um, said, you know, Donna, I don't, I don't know that you're, you know, capable of what you're doing in this role and, and, and on and on and long story. But um, so he brought brought in this business coach for me. And I was like, what do I need a business coach for? Right. And it was this incredible lady who came at the right time in my life. And um, she, she, you know, believed in me, Um, she saw the value of who I was and um, but not only the value of my work but the value of me, Donna and really she was the first person that you know saw that in me and you know expressed it to me and she helped me draw on courage uh, to stand in my own power and um, my career was great, but it almost destroyed me. And this beautiful woman came in and she assisted me to move in forward in a different direction. And it kind of backfired on my boss because she did this whole analysis of me. <laughs> and It came back that I was more than capable of, of that job. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was a really great experience to have in terms of, um, wow, you know what? I am okay. And, and, uh, so yeah, um, she was a beautiful angel and, um, yeah, that, that was amazing. And, and this, at this time too, I I started to, um, connect with different spiritual teachers that, um, I, they were just brought into my life. I started attending conferences And um, I would attend with one of my girlfriends who actually worked at the same organization that I did and she was having the same issues. So, um, so we, you know, went on a few conferences together, uh, you know, the Louise Hay, you know, I can do it conferences and and different ones around the world we went to. And, and it was amazing, amazing. And it opened up a whole new world for me and, um, another thing that I did that I just want to mention quickly is, is that um, myself and two other girlfriends who both, you know, dealt with addiction and all of that, um, we met on a monthly basis and we, um, we decided to write our life stories and this was an incredible empowering experience for me because... Um, First of all, I was safe. These people didn't judge me, um, and I could be who I was. And I shared absolutely everything that happened in my past, and all the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that sort of stuff in um, this safe, non-judgmental environment. and they did the same, and we took our lives in in decades, and we would write our story out and then share meet with one another and then share them together. Oh, that's and it was it was an amazing process process we had amazing amazing epiphanies on our life mm. and what we were through what we went through and you know I know you talk a lot about shame and that shame started to slowly lift when I ex- was expressing my life and and all the things fell into pieces of why I did the things I did, why I reacted to things the the way I did, and um yeah it w- it was amazing and um, yeah, it was great so there i mean that was that was that, and then um you know, at this point when I left the organization um from working and um I went to many doctors. They diagnosed me with many different things and, um, said I was under, you know, this complete amount of stress and I couldn't function. I couldn't function. Like I, I, they told me I wasn't allowed to exercise. I wasn't allowed to, uh, I was just to take it easy and, and to relax. I was getting injected with, um, you know, um, all sorts of different things to try and build my immune system. And, and build me up and nothing, nothing was working and there was no solution for me. Nothing got better. And I remember sitting with my dogs. I have two beautiful French bulldogs and I remember they're the loves of my life and got me through a lot of dark times for sure. But I remember sitting with them and, and um, just, just at my lowest point defeated crying my eyes out saying this this isn't right like i and then i had this voice come to me that said you need to move your body you're not going to get better if you don't move your body and i was like oh okay (laughs) and and i mean i've had connections you know with the angelic realm and and as you had mentioned earlier i i do and um that's a whole nother story but um i've For some reason, I I just followed this direction. And I remembered a lady um, who went, her daughter went through the program. She was a kundalini yoga teacher. And she had introduced it to me years before. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just too busy. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) And so um, what had happened was um, I called her and I said, Henny, are you still teaching that, you know, yoga? (laughs) <laughs> she goes, Yes, I am. And I said, Oh, well, I'd like to try a class. And so I tried a class and it was very different. You know, kundalini yoga for those that don't know, it's it's a very different practice.
0: Yeah. And it's weird you know, and that's why I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's something drew me to it. And I, I can't even pinpoint, you know, the first time that I did it, what drew me to it. Yeah. Just something it kept coming to me. So I started, you know, coming more often. And um, I just decided that I was going to take the opportunity. I was going to buy myself a year membership. And I was just going to go for it. I was going to practice this. You know, it didn't take a toll physically on my body. Uh, one one of the great things about kundalini yoga, anybody can do it. and You do it at your own pace. And so um, I did what I could. I showed up. And uh, I made that commitment to myself that this was going to be my self-care. And for once in my life, I was going to do something to take care of me. And not even knowing what would happen, just that I was doing something good for me. And and then it's history. (laughs) Really. I mean, um, I I, I created, you know, the Lula May group around this same time. And... um, I started doing retreats in the mountains, co-hosting retreats in the mountains, and um, you know, incorporating you know the angelic realm. And I learned how to um, connect to the angelic realm in in ways that are just—it's my life today. And um, what does that I look like, like for you?
0: That connecting to the angelic realm? Because I think some people that might be listening they may not understand what the, what that means. What does that look like? It's
1: like whoa
0: what's well, going on? Cuckoo,
1: yeah. right? Yeah. Really? Um, and um, so for me, uh, I, I bought my first set of, of cards, of angel deck cards. My girlfriend introduced me to angel cards. And she said, Oh, yeah, I use these. Um, it, it was at a critical point in my life, too. Um, and um, I was on a trip with her. She had a home in Hawaii. So I went with her and I had this great opportunity to be you know, on the beach and I bought this deck of angel card deck, angel cards, and she's just try it. And she showed me a little bit how to use them and connect with the energy. And I I did, I kept doing these readings and I, and, and following what the cards were saying. And then I would get these messages come to me. Like I can't even explain it, Matt. I, I, you know, I would, hear feel or know these messages coming to me or i'd have dreams or i'd see visions and everything the messages were giving me were totally totally aligned with what i was going through and and so what i what i've come to know is that anybody can connect with this angelic realm and how i was introduced to it and how i do it now is through angel card decks so um you know, it's, it's pulling information, um, and, and, and giving myself information as well, doing other readings for other people. Um, I connect, uh, with their, I, my angels connect with their angels and through the cards and through messages that I, you know, hear, see, feel, or know, I relay message to them in the now energy. So things that are happening in their life now, it's not like I'm a, a psychic, or I, I tell you what's going to happen in your future. It's yeah. about living in today. Um, this is what's happening. Um, this is the action you can take. And if you take that action, this is going to happen. Does that make sense?
0: It, yeah. Cause I'm the exact same. I, okay. uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anybody can do this and, and this is just one Avenue. And it, it's, it's, uh, I, cre- I co-create my life today with, with source and the angelic team that's my life really yeah. and and then when I began to incorporate kundalini yoga it just whoo, magnified everything yeah. everything was magnified and um yeah and that's kind of what happened I I um then took my teacher uh, practiced kundalini for a full year and a bit and um was truly committed and my life completely changed my body changed my mind changed how I did things how I approach things in life changed and really the most important thing is we talk about kundalini in kundalini yoga are we connecting to our satnam our truth is our identity and that happened for me and I have this relationship with myself that I can't even explain, that it is just so incredible. Mm. And um, it's through the practice of kundalini yoga that has instilled all of this in me. And I know my truth. And I mean, I'm always evolving and changing and shifting and all that sort of stuff. But um, I'm not in that, you know, cloaked with sadness and shame, you know, and yeah. in that perfectionism where, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to make sure I control everything, absolutely everything, try to yeah. control myself and everybody outside of me. And so um, that didn't work so well. But this works for me. And it's, it's a beautiful process. And I'm so grateful.
0: You know, our story is so similar it's, it's unbelievable. I got emotional when you were talking about three separate times because I'm so connected to your story because I have a story very similar. And uh-huh. growing up in the experiences of feeling alone in my experience and growing up feeling shame about who I am and growing up in perfectionism and all of these things, we have very similar flavors to our story. And I, I know the day I walked into your yoga class, I looked at you and you looked so familiar to me that I swear that I've known you. And, um, it only took a few classes for you to come up and ask me for a hug. And I was like, that's just so something that, you know, I would, I would do. And it felt so good to hug somebody like you. And, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's such a cool thing. And what I want to talk about out of your story is how did you heal the shame? I've told my story several times. I know the listeners have heard my story around shame and how I've moved from shame into my satnam right? Because I really Mm -hmm. do think that shame is one of the biggest barriers to us finding our satna, which is the truth of our identity. Mm -hmm. So how how do you how did you do that? What was that like for you?
1: That's a great question. And, um, you know, in we're in, in kundalini yoga, we're taught to be in that present moment awareness. And um, when I'm in that present moment awareness, um, I am just in that moment where I have this ability to go within, right? And to decipher what's truth, and what's not, what's true for me, what's not true for me. Um, The fact that I was able to uh, transform my life um, from this failure of a person that I thought I was, um, to actually feel good about who I was. I don't even know if I can explain it, Matt, The process of, you know, moving my body, moving um, with kundalini yoga, chanting mantras. You know, kundalini yoga is all about um, you do a a set of postures or meditation or breath work uh, to, to make a change. The effects make a change in your body. And... It's all about self awareness, right? And um, you're awakening the soul. And um, just by doing the practice, I was able to uh, transform myself, cultivating that inner truth for who I was to my highest self. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I don't even know if I can pinpoint um, m- acknowledging, maybe acknowledging, you know, uh, everything in my life that brought me shame, you know, addiction and living in an alcoholic home, you know, where I fam- family's fighting and the neighbors can hear and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, just being so lost with, Not knowing who I was, um, you know, having that shame build up about I don't have any value. I don't have any worth because I didn't even know how to do that. You know, I I, I was so isolated. I didn't know how to do that. And um, ultimately, always just coming back to my truth, you know, and going within in that present moment.
0: You talk about being a failure and how that was a, was a contributor to your shame. What, 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 what in your experience or what in your view of yourself made you feel like a failure?
1: Hmm. I, I always felt different than other people and i always felt that i couldn't i couldn't be like others i couldn't th- these people on the outside of me looked like they had it all together they were creative they were fun they were all of these things and i could never measure up to that so i always always compared myself to the outside world to people around me that were doing great successful things and and it was so deep that I couldn't even when I did great things I I was very successful at my career and even when I did great things I would slough it off you know and um didn't it, it just yeah I would compare the outside everything was about the outside world you know I was I was not in charge of my circumstances. I was not in charge of my life. You know? So, yeah. And that's,
0: that's been my experience with perfectionism. Is yes. It's all about measuring up, or not measuring up, all about comparing yourself, all about manipulating your outer world to create the image of mm-hmm. having it all together. So it became, my shame became about how can I control other people's view of who I am? Because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel good. I didn't accept myself. I didn't love who I was. So how could I make other people appear to see what I want them to see about myself? That's what it became. Mm -hmm. And that's how I quickly lost myself. And that's how I, I, you know, misaligned to the truth of who I was. And it wasn't until I returned back to the present moment, like you spoke of, where I got out of my mind and into my heart, where I could really, truly feel into the truth of who I was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectionism it 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 blocked me, right? Um it was my protection, right? Um perfectionism was my protection and it blocked me from taking risks or exploring who who Donna was outside of the box from living this full life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I always wanted to prove the value of who I was. Um and I was always fearful of what others thought me, thought of me, you know, and all that comparison i was I was so harsh on myself, and I felt this like worthless being, <laughs> and um I expected everybody else to make me better, make my life better, my mom, my dad, my husband, my boss, all these people, like, come on, you know <laughs> and um. I had no recognition of who I was and I felt trapped and, and trapped by my outside circumstances. I felt I didn't have any power to be who I wanted to be. Um, I looked for someone always to help me, to save me. And, um, and even when they did love me or give me any attention, I didn't know how to handle it, you know? And, um, and, you know, it, it, it's such a reflection of my childhood because I had no control, um, as a child. So I incorporated this way of living where I was going to be in control of everything, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I know that all well. <laughs> too well.
1: And, you know, uh, I just, you know, I've done some incredible work with my teachers in Kundalini yoga and, um, you know, you take teacher training and you become a teacher, and you learn all of this, and you experience. It's all about the experience, right? I, I can't teach anything in Kundalini Yoga unless I've experienced it for myself. And um, you go on, and you can. Uh, they offer these level two courses. You can take five different modules, and I've taken a couple of them. And uh, one of them, in particular, uh, was. Really have, has really shifted and changed me in a lot of different ways, and um, it was all about stress and vitality, and what stress does to our body and our mind and and and, and all of who we are, and um, the meditation was a meditation to heal past past trauma, and um, this, not only did the course, I mean. You know, identified how stress from the moment my parents got divorced and my whole life t- changed. How I handled stress at different periods in my life was all really the same mm-hmm. from that initial childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, I did this meditation, and um, it was the the meditation. Uh, to release uh, childhood trauma. And it was a very simple thing. And I did it for 90 days straight. And it was, uh, you know, sitting your heart, your left hand's over your heart, and you take your index finger and, and you chant Satanama, right? And you hit different point points on your face. I think it, oh, I can't remember how to do that. <laughs> I have to think about it. I, it's been a while since I did it. But chanting sata nama hitting different points on my, on my face and um, it compl- I, I, I remember waking I would wake up and I would have memories of my childhood but they weren't the trauma memories. they were the good memories. And something was over time was changing me to, to see the beauty of my childhood, the beauty of why I did the things I did. And that was okay. Some, there was, I came to this place of acceptance for how I handled things in my life. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Kundalini yoga, yes, you move, you do asanas, you do postures and all of that is, you know, works. It's a science of the mind and body. Right. And so, um, with different um, mudras or pressing different areas wherever that is, even holding your hand in gyan mudra, which we call gyan mudra with your thumb and index finger, um, you're creating effect by doing this. And then you add in mantra and you and you chant mantra, and it, that's even more incredible. You know. Um, it's called the Shabbat in when we when we chant a mantra, and it dissolves the part of the ego which obstructs the truth and prevents us from perceiving and acting from our authentic self, and it cleans and clears out our subconscious, and sometimes you don't even know what it's doing you know we, I, I know you must have experienced some classes where. You've chanted, you know, a certain mantra, and then something has shifted in you yeah. that you're like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. Right? And so um, even the way we breathe, you know, breathing techniques, and um, it's a wonderful way to make peace with ourselves. and breathing. You know, it's you can do a calming or an energizing breath that opens the door to the path of this awakening, you know, within you. Um, so yeah, um, a lot of different things, you know, I, 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 um, I, I recall, you know, going to my doctor and telling, and, you know, and, and saying to her, you know, maybe I should try yoga. And she said, no, Donna, no, don't try yoga. Um, you, where you are, you need to just be still. And, and then I went to her a year after I started doing yoga for my checkup and she goes, um, I'm not sure what you're doing. And I said, Oh, she goes, yeah. And she showed me, I was at the bottom of the health chart and I was at the top that day. She showed me and I told her, well, (laughs) I've been doing yoga. (laughs) You know, the thing that you told me that I should be doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a remarkable practice.
0: Yeah. I, I've had the same experience with it. I love, love it. Um, you mentioned the ego. I'm, I'm curious about, you know, you said that the ego is the part of us that uh, prevents us from connecting with our authentic self. What, what is the ego to you? Like what, what how has it been something that's been uh, affected your life?
1: Um, well, when I act from my ego, I'm not acting from my true self. There's a healthy part of my ego that, everybody we all have a healthy we can have a healthy part of our ego where it protects us and, and all of that and all of that however um for me um i think it's like uh you know there's it's the acronym for edging god out the mm-hmm. ego and it's not following my truth and um It's looking to the outside. It's not looking within. And hard for me sometimes to see my inner truth if I'm acting from my ego. Um, Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining that um, as articulately as I can. Um,
0: What part of us are we connecting to when we connect to our ego? Maybe that's a different way to approach it so the, the audience can understand what the ego is.
1: Um, well, our e- um, I don't even know how to answer that question, Matt. Sorry. No, um, that's okay. I don't know how to articulate it. Um,
0: so if, if the ego isn't our authentic self, is it our false
1: self? Yeah, because it's from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. You're more concerned about what's on the outside than on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so you don't, you act from things from outside of you rather than within you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I I define some of this work I'm doing with authenticity around what keeps us from being authentic is this, Mm -hmm. this imaginary audience that we're always performing in front of in our life we make decisions based off of what the audience is going to think we talk based off of how the audience is going to feel you know so it becomes about the other right ego ego has a high emphasis on other and Mm -hmm. authentic self has obviously a a high emphasis on self
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean uh I know when my ego is talking to me, when it's, when it's negative, when it's that, that's not the healthy part of my ego, right? That's making me fearful. um, That's making me want to feel, you know, angry or stressed or um, that part of my ego is, does not serve my highest purpose. And so, um, you know, that negative aspect of the ego does not serve my purpose. So why am I going to do that? Why am I going to go there? Yeah. And it, and it comes up, obviously, right? Um, our, my ego can be very strong and loud. Yeah. And um, I have to, to find a way to silence that because it doesn't serve my purpose.
0: What, what would you say the biggest need – that your ego has, what is it always trying to provide for you or protect you from? Would you say?
1: Um, I think it. Um, it squashes who I am. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It puts my, the, th- you know, the thumb is representative of the ego. Yeah. And I think of it as a, you know, pushing me down, yeah. right. Pushing, <clears throat> pushing me away and um, telling me, no, you can't do that. Um, you're not good enough for that. <laughs> Are you crazy? You can't think those big dreams. You can't, you know, you're not capable of doing all of that. So it's like it, it squashes my truth of who I am.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So that I cannot, you know, act and be from my authentic self.
0: Yeah. and I, you know, I would agree with that. And I think what ends up happening, I think people might see the ego as conceited and people that are, are being superior thinking they're superior to others. And I think, what ends up happening with our ego is we, the, it becomes the thumb and it's pushing mm-hmm. us down, pushing us down. And then we end up developing this mechanism um, of the ego, which becomes, it could be superiority. It can become perfectionism. It can become uh, whatever as a way mm-hmm. to try and protect us from having to experience the feeling of, of being a failure or being worthless or whatever that might be. So it can actually become a, a protective factor, but it can also be an aspect of us that that tears us down. Mm-hmm. Do you have that mm-hmm. same experience?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it, it, it wants to, um, you know, when, when I take the time to silence that ego, um, my whole world change, changes. And so, um, I want to, I want to go back to the old ways of, of my way of doing it. It takes me back. Ego takes me back to the old ways of Donna. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, um, and so I, I, it's a, it's, it's a really deep practice of getting back and removing that because we store all that, those traumas, all those, all those things, um, in our bodies, in our minds, in our psyches, in our subconscious. Yeah. You know, so, um, so it wants to take me back there and remember when Donna, you, you couldn't do, or you know, you're not good enough. You know, it takes me back there, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, and then. You know, then where, you know, then where, where am I when that happens? I'm back to my knees and,
0: you know. Yeah. So. I think the ego lives in the mind and I think mm-hmm. the authentic self lives in the heart. And I think my journey to, from head to heart through present moment awareness has been the most profound experience for me and that's what yoga has helped me with that's what your classes have helped me with that's what meditation mm-hmm. has helped me with it's been uh, how can i ground myself in my heart and spend less time in, in the activity of my mind and that's been how i've removed myself from ego and stepped into more of an authentic version of myself single-handedly right. it's been the most um, most uh, impact for me and mm-hmm. i think second to that would probably be vulnerability it's mm-hmm. it's been my superpower, you know, and how I've healed my shame. And um, what's what's your relationship with vulnerability been like?
1: Well, at times it can be scary, right, to be vulnerable. You know, I'm going to be judged by whatever, and and um, people are going to really see me for who I truly am. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a it's a risk to be vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Sure is. And so um, I, I try and set the stage somewhat about who I'm vulnerable with, right? Because people can only meet you where you're at. And some people don't have that comprehension, so why would I expose myself? On the other hand, in terms of you know, someone coming to me um, and saying, I, you know, I need help with this, or, or what can I do? Um, I'm guided to be vulnerable at that moment because in my vulnerability, I'm able to help someone else Mm. and, um, and it's real, it's real. People know it's real and then it gives them permission to be vulnerable back. Right. And, um, It's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of things that that we do um, that connect to who we are. If we don't share it, though, right? Mm -hmm. We need to be able to share it in order to, um, you know, stay connected to that truth as well. It's not all just going within. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I... I think the perfect example is you, you shared it with the, 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 the writing down the stories of the decades that have happened in your life and sharing mm-hmm. it with, because shame lives in secrecy, mm-hmm. right? The opposite of shame is vulnerability. And I think when we learn to tell our stories in, with courage, that's when shame dispels. That's when it releases.
1: Right. And I mean, hey, I have had issues with addiction. That's vulnerable for me. Yeah. And and even stepping into um I yeah I do this crazy kundalini thing. I wear a turban on my head. I wear all white. I mm-hmm. I do these, you know, things that some people don't understand. I do all these that's vulnerable for me. Yeah. Right? And and you know, I hey, I give I connect with the angels, you know, and and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. That's vulnerable for me yeah. to express that. Yeah. But you're right. It does it, that vulnerability does erase that shame, and I and I just I even get stronger in my truth when that happens, right? Yeah. Just like you're saying, it you gets yeah. stronger in your truth.
0: Yeah, and and I think a big component of shame. Well, I really truly believe that shame can't exist without conformity. When we feel like there's a norm, and we have to stay within that norm when we don't feel that we fit in that norm, we experience shame, right? So mm-hmm. if you take the, if you take conformity out of the, the equation and we no longer feel we have to conform and we can embrace who we are in all aspects, in the differences of who we are, shame dissolves, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's this idea that we have to play this certain role in order to be accepted by the people around us. But really mm-hmm. the, tr- the truth, the truth is that we have to accept ourselves and then it doesn't right. matter what's happening in the peripherals because we already are doing the work that we expect everyone else to do for us, which is to accept us. Right.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And has that, been well a, said,
0: yeah. has that been a part of your journey is this self acceptance and you know, how have you done that?
1: Well, through, through, um, meditation and going within and connecting to source and, and, um, you know, Having a committed daily practice and devotion mm. is is a, is a reminder for me all the time, mm. right? This is your, this is my purpose. Like, you know, reiterating what my purpose is. Um, you know, uh, living in the present moment, doing the best that I can do today. You know, today is all I've got. You know, I don't need to live in the past or the future. I can just be in this in this present moment. And, um, and having um, not only the, my practice of meditation and devotion, but a practice of gratitude, bringing it all back to gratitude. And, you know, I, I wanted to add about, about the heart. And, and we're taught in the chakras that our, our heart is our balance point between our earthly realms, the lower chakras, and our upper realms of the heavens. And if your heart chakra isn't, um, uh, intact or is off, you know, um, it's hard to reach those other areas where you're going to be able to have this incredible impact in your life and change. And so I remember the first time I, 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 I kept crying in the early stages of coming to kundalini yoga and I cry after the class and I didn't know what was happening. And
0: it was <laughs> just like, Seriously. <laughs>
1: it's like, what's going on with me, man? This, Like what is going on with you? And, um, I remember one of the teachers telling me that, um, it was my heart, uh, connecting to the nectar and the devotion of God or our creator. Yeah, and uh, it was it was really connecting to my heart, and it was just like, "Wow, well, <laughs> you know," and yeah. I, you you feel and sense this incredible love that is just beyond you. Uh, you know, hard to articulate that, and um, um, when your heart is is when your heart is closed, you a- alienate your self from people right you 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 don't get connected you're, you you follow others ideas and others ideals and you have this lack of self esteem and self worth and and but when your heart chakra is open and you have this compassion and empathy and and love for others that is beyond um, you're doing what you love you you have your this self love and self confidence which allows you to have that love and compassion for others, which I absolutely love, which is the reason why I teach Kundalini yoga, because if you know all my classes, it's all, there's always something related to the heart. (laughs) And, um, you know, um, the most, I, I think I read this in one of my classes that the, um, the most effective protection is to shine your own truth. The, you know, um, I have it here. I can read it to you. Sure.
0: I love that, that.
1: Our most effective protection is to shine our own truth and who we are so intensely that all negativity is repelled and only the light of love enters to nourish our core. Our most powerful communication is to radiate the light of our soul so brightly that everyone feels loved in our presence. And it's just, it's just such a beautiful way of expressing that love and awakening, you know, and um, when I'm connected to my heart, I always remember who I am. Oh, I am. I, I, uh, I remember what my purpose is. Why am I here? You know,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, all of that. Um, living my Dharma, you know, Yeah. action aligned with uh, my infinite self my dharma living my dharma yeah so yeah
0: I, I want to take a moment and I want to share a bit of a testimonial on working with you and what that what sort of impact that's had for me because I think it's it's important for the viewer to understand it and I think you you talked about your heart opening and it, it's almost like a there's a there's a, a clearing that's taking place and I had that exact experience experience in your classes where what it felt like was your classes allowed me to open up space inside of myself. And I think for many years, I, have I've struggled with a crack addiction. I struggled with hiding, being gay. I struggled with my parents getting divorced. I've had quite a few significant traumatic things that have happened in my life. And what that has done is it taught me how to repress. Uh, I experienced things very intensely and I felt things very intensely as a child. And I, I developed layers of feelings inside of me from not allowing myself to experience them because they were too intense. And what, what your yoga classes has really helped me with is peeling back the layers of my inner onion i call it and it's allowed me to create the space to be able to experience the love and the heart centered energy that i need to experience because i wasn't able to access that because there was so much layered of layers of repressed feelings that, and I I really believe I I had three separate yoga classes where I cried in the yoga class and um, uh, one of them was yours. And then uh, two other yoga classes. And um, I also cried several times after yoga classes. And I really believe that's what was happening is I was peeling back these layers. So Mm -hmm. I could, so I could start to radiate the light and the love of who I, who I am and step into my truth. So it, my testimonial for you is that your classes have helped me align to who I am and the truth of who I am. And that's why I wanted to talk about that today because um, the Kundalini yoga has been a very, very pivotal you know, part of my journey. And uh, it's so cool to have somebody like you be able to walk me through that and uh, lead me back to the truth of who I am. So thank you mm. from the bottom of my heart for that.
1: No, you're welcome. I mean it's all the practice, right? It's I'm just the instrument. And um, you know, I, I knew from the moment that you walked in my class, I'm like, whoa, who's this radiant being? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I just I had you're you're right. I, I felt the same way. I had this connection yeah. and I couldn't pinpoint what it was and it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, I just was like, I'm Connected to the person, this person in some way or another, and um, and the honor of being able to witness you as you were doing the practice. You completely embraced the practice, Mm -hmm. not everybody does that, but you completely embraced it, letting go, and um, you could just feel the vibration, the radiance off of you, Mm -hmm. and it was exhilarating. You were this, you were this beautiful beautiful being that walked into my class and um it was just really incredible to watch the shifts and changes in igniting that beautiful being that you are so yeah i'm i'm grateful that you came to my classes i'm grateful that we had the opportunity to connect and meet and and um yeah it's been amazing so Yeah. yeah
0: One of, one of the blessings of COVID, I'm actually trying to find like what are the benefits and the and the and being grateful for having this um, has been you. It's been so cool because I missed your classes so <laughs> much. And then when COVID came, I've been able to do Donna's classes every uh, Tuesday morning at seven mountain time. So if you guys are interested in, in wanting to do her class and check out what Kundalini Yoga is about, Tuesday mornings at 7 p.m. or t- sorry, Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Mountain Time is when she mm-hmm. runs her class. So definitely I would... Uh, Strongly encourage you to check that out. Uh, yes, and she's offering it for free, right? Like that's such a yes. beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. gift that you're giving the world. Um, so I, I do want to be obviously mindful of your time, but there's a few fun things that I like to do in in these uh, interviews, and one of them is how much of me can I be? So it, I, I love this question uh, because it gives us an opportunity to really. Uh, embrace who we are and share that with the world through vulnerability. So a list of, of questions that I've come up with, and it's an opportunity for you to choose a question between one and 31 that you um, practice. Uh.
1: Oh, one and 31. How about Four. 4
0: that's my favorite number. Oh, ooh, ooh, this is a good one. What is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you?
1: Oh dear. <laughs> You're asking not me to make you relive it or anything. <laughs> You're <laughs> a- inviting me to be vulnerable, Matt. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, share at the depth you want. I always tell tell the guests that.
1: Okay, well this is this is one of my most embarrassing moments is um, <laughs> we were with our family in Hawaii okay. and, uh, I, I, hate the water. Right. But anyways, uh, I mean, I almost drowned twice in my life oh, and, wow. uh, we were going on an excursion mm-hmm. and we were going to swim with the turtles. So i I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. up, just, you know, so we go and we we you know the uh, park the catamaran or whatever and then everybody gets out of the boat and it's my turn and and my husband's still on the boat and he's like come on Donna you can do it yeah I have faith in you you can do this and I'm like okay okay I can do it so I have one of those you know dingies around me right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. so I jump in the water and I'm just so. Excited because I'm doing this right, and so I, I'm I'm up, you know, on the level of the water. I'm like, look, yeah, yay, I did it, I did it! And, <laughs> and Jerry's going like, Donna, l- look down, look oh down, Donna. <laughs> and I'm not paying attention, and he's like, Donna, and everyone's looking at me that we're still <laughs> on the, on the boat, and I'm like, I look down, and my bathing suit because of this dinghy. and when I went in the water came right down and i'm, I'm you know, <laughs> in the water my you know <laughs> my girls are right out there and i'm like oh, i'm so happy that's hilarious <laughs> Anyways, that's that's my most embarrassed one of my most embarrassing moments <laughs>
0: that's too good yeah. i think the same thing happened to my mom she told me the story when um, when I was younger that she was on a water slide, I think maybe at West Edmonton mall or something and came fly sliding down and her bikini top came off and had no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, too funny. yeah, that is funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I always like to leave the, um, the interview with a tip of, uh, the week. So it's, this is me tip of the week. And basically this is me as we're holding a container for self ownership. This is who I am being proud of who I am. Um, And it's all about alignment, right? When we're aligned to who we are, where we feel like we can be more authentic and we can be more in ownership of who we are. So what's one tip that's helped you in your life own who you are and and be the best version of Donna that she can be that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Oh, that's a big question. Mm -hmm.
0: Take your time. No rush. No rush.
1: I guess um I'm the only one that can create my life and I'm going to take it back to opening up the heart chakra and my tip would be to connect to that beautiful heart chakra because it'll open the doors to the earth and the heavens and um that's where the magic happens in connecting to our true satnam, to living from your true identity, and um, the place of knowing your truth, your identity, and 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 remembering your worth and your value, so that you can embrace life. Yeah,
0: I like that. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful sharing. And that can all be done in her online class. So come join That's me! Right. <laughs> come join me! Come check it out and bring it. Bring an open mind and an open heart, and uh, it's going to. It'll be a beautiful experience. Um, and you're also offering angel card readings. Do you want to tell the um, the audience a little bit more about that and how they can connect to you that way?
1: Sure. Um, they can connect uh, to me either you know through social media or like Facebook or Instagram or. Um, go on my website and send me a message. Um, and, um, you know, I can provide details of, of you know, setting up a, a card reading and, and uh, getting some messages uh, with uh, your angels. And, mm. yeah, um, it's a beautiful experience. I, I you know, I do in-person. Well, I haven't been able to do in-person readings, um, but um, I can do them online through zoom or you know just over the phone or whatever works and um you know some people think that that's really that you can connect that way and actually it's a pretty remarkable experience and yeah, yeah it it's doesn't matter where i am or you know how yeah. i'm doing it um i connect to to your energy and and uh go from there right mm. so and uh yeah so that's how you can get a hold of me
0: Great. Mm-hmm. And your website is lulamaygroup.com. So L-U-L-A-M-A-Y group.com. And, That's right. Um, Donna Edwards on Facebook. I'll attach these all in the show notes so people can uh, mm-hmm. find a way to get a hold of you through the show notes as well.
1: Sure. And do you want me, I just want to add, do you want me to um, send you the meditation to heal from past trauma? If anybody wants to... Uh, Please send me the link. And- and I'll put that yes. in the show
0: notes because I think that okay. a lot of people would have an interest in that for sure. Yeah. And,
1: um,
0: and I'll put the link to, well, I think if they add you as a friend on Facebook, they'll see your online classes pop up when you go live. Uh, for but sure. I, it's, uh, if, for people that um, um, don't want to add someone as a friend, you can always go on my page and a couple posts down, you'll see Donna's uh, post. I, I'd share her lives in the mornings as well when I take the class. So.
1: For sure yeah yeah
0: cool awesome All right. um again i really want to thank you for sharing your story for showing up in the truth of who you are um it just it just feels so good to hear you talk and share your story because we 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 have that that kismet connection that that beautiful mm-hmm. connection and it's um it's so nice to see you living your truth because it allows me to step into more truth of who i am and uh we need more people like you doing the work you're doing so mm-hmm. i'm Thank you so much for, for everything that you do and bringing your light into this world.
1: Thank you, Matt. And thank you for this amazing platform. And, and you just, you know, um, you shine your light and, and help others to shine theirs. And it's just really incredible that you were offering this platform pe- for people to share their truth and who they are. Mm-hmm. So thank you, um, you know, from the bottom of my heart. And uh, yeah, keep it, keep going. Keep shining that beautiful light and into this world. Uh, every a lot of people need this right now, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, thank you. and
1: I'm grateful that you're a part of my life. So. Yeah, yeah I'm
0: grateful as well. I'll be home mid June, so I'm looking forward. Hopefully, uh, yoga classes will start opening up. But uh, once I'm done my quarantine, maybe we can meet and have a hug. And. Uh,
1: That'd be awesome. Um, a social that.
0: distance hug. I don't know. We'll have to. <laughs>
1: no, sorry. I'll be That's quarantined, so, so I'll be good. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. I would love that. Okay. Awesome. Well.
0: And uh everybody have a beautiful day. Thanks for tuning in and uh looking forward to the next episode. Take
1: care. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Satnam.
0: Satnam.